I'm Eric Stevenson, and I'm the executive director of the First Responders Peer Support Network. So what inspired you to become a firefighter in the first place? Oh, geez. That's, uh, that's just something that I've always had an interest in since I was a, since I was a little kid. Um, family, friends worked on the fire department where I grew up in town. Um, thought that it was something pretty cool. Uh, always had a, an interest in it since I was, since I was little. Um, and then what really got me into the fire department was when I got into high school. Um, I got mixed up with the wrong crowd, got into, into partying a little too much. And I was given some choices on, on how to get myself on a better track. And I started hanging out with, uh, with some kids in school that were on the junior fire department. And I started hanging out with them and I just absolutely fell in love with it. And I knew that's what I wanted to do for, for a career. What are some of the challenges of being a firefighter that people don't necessarily think of? Um, work schedule for one, um, being away from home for, you know, 24, 48 plus hours at a time. Uh, seeing a lot of departments now going to 48 hour shifts instead of 12s or 24s. Uh, so you can be away from, from home for a while. You know, even though you get days off, you know, an event, a holiday, a birthday falls during the week and it's on your your shift day, you you miss out on on a bunch of things. But I, I think the biggest thing that especially caught me off guard uh, throughout my career was um, the harshness of the job and what it can actually do to us uh, on, a, on a mental and on a, a physical level. I think that's probably the, the biggest thing. It's not just a bunch of guys going out on fire trucks or, or emergency vehicles having a good time all the time. You know, whatever we go to usually is somebody else's really, really bad day. Um, and if we don't figure out how to take care of that ourselves after seeing and dealing with those types of incidents, it can lead us down a very bad road. How is it, you know, balancing the professional life with the personal life? It can be difficult, um, especially if you're married, have a spouse, a significant other, whatever the case is. Um, and the job and the profession almost cost me my marriage at one point. Uh, my wife is also a first responder. And you would think that we would have a lot in common when we came home off a shift and we could talk about things and everything else, uh, but we didn't. And we never talked about work at home. And so all of that stuff that we were bringing home with us never really got talked about, never got dealt with uh, in a healthy manner. And it, it almost cost us our marriage, uh, which prompted us to put another program called, uh, another program together called Success on the Home Front. Uh, and it talks about how to manage the, the work-life stresses and the home life stresses to where it doesn't become volatile and you can both coexist and have a good line of communication uh, in, the, in the household together. How did the nonprofit uh, come about? Our nonprofit organization came about um, due to my own struggles with the profession. Um, I retired just over a year and a half ago after a a 28 year career on the job. Um, 
And it wasn't the way that I wanted to end my career. It was due to a, a medical disability retirement, um, due to PTSD, anxiety, and depression issues, um, which had led to, to suicidal ideations uh, just about every day. And I was struggling really bad. Um, I had gotten involved in another peer support organization in North Carolina. Um, I saw the benefits of what peer support were. I ended up having to go to a treatment facility up in Vermont uh, to try to help me manage my, my PTSD, anxiety, and depression issues. Um, came back, got really involved again in peer support, and I saw a greater need down on the coast of North Carolina than what was really being provided, and I started my own nonprofit organization. How important is it to have a strong uh, support system uh, that understands what you're going through? Well, it, it's very critical. It, it's absolutely a critical part of my recovery uh, to make sure that I have people that, that understand where I am on a day-to-day -day basis uh, with my own mental health. Um, they help support me. They, they encourage me. They're there to listen whenever it's needed. And I think having the, the peer support organization in place like our nonprofit organization, um, getting upstream of these incidents, going out and doing community outreach, getting involved with the local fire departments, uh, going to conferences and events, and just getting the word out there that it's okay to not be okay. Um, and that there, there is still a stigma attached with, with first responder mental health. And I think our job is, is trying to prevent things from getting to a certain level, uh, trying to prevent the, the suicidal thoughts, uh, trying to stop um, people from having to, to go through a career like I did with no support and letting them know that there is help out there and that it's okay to talk about the way that you feel and it's not weak. You know, to me, it's one of the, the strongest things that you can do is talk about how you feel as a first responder. You know, we're built up to be um, indestructible, so to speak. And, you know, nothing bothers us. And so we can go throughout this career and anything that we see or do just like slips off of us like Teflon. And that is so incorrect. Uh, so getting the word out there of who we are, what we do, and that there's resources available that if you are struggling and that it is 100% okay to speak out about the way that you feel. And that's a big thing you're talking about with the stigma. And, you know, for uh, my personal uh, uh, journey is uh, I have bipolar disorder and coming forward was, you know, it took me two and a half years to say anything publicly. So it is hard. But do you see it becoming any easier for people to share their feelings, especially in the first responder field? It, it's like a roller coaster. You know, it, it really is. It, it goes up and it goes down. You know, we'll get a, we'll go through, through a patch where we have people reaching out to us, you know, on a pretty regular basis, wanting to do outreach programs or things of that nature. Um, 
But I, I think that we are turning a corner, especially over the last five or six years. We've seen a, a big influx. It's now a hot topic, a hot button, so to speak, uh, first responder mental health. Um, and I, I think that's evident in our call volume. Um, you know, we have people reaching out to our team almost on a daily basis, um, looking for help, looking for resources, looking for information, uh, just wanting somebody to, to sit and listen to them, uh, to be that listening ear, giving them that little bit of hope and letting them know that it's okay to feel the way that you do and we're here to help support you. Since you retired about a year and a half ago, that was, you know, in the thick of uh, COVID, how tough was it to, you know, be a firefighter or any first responder during, you know, the COVID? Um, Firstly, for me, I was not on the job during COVID. Um, My retirement process started um, almost a year, well, probably about six months before COVID. Um, I had been off the job already a year covered under workman's compensation for my my medical diagnosis. Um, So I didn't have to work during COVID. Um, But COVID was a huge part in a decline for me with my mental health. I never thought that isolation would have been a problem for me, um, you know, due to my anxiety, social anxieties, things like that. Being separated from crowds of people, no big deal, social distancing. Uh, but it really played with my head really bad, uh, put me in a really bad place. And I actually had a relapse um, of suicidal thoughts creeping in every day again. And I had to make a second trip up to Vermont uh, for what I refer to as a, a tune-up of my own mental health to try to get me back in line. What are, uh, let me circle back. Uh, how important is it to actually, uh, what programs do you offer with your uh, nonprofit? Uh, some of the services that we provide, we do one-on-one peer support, of course. So anybody can call a personal cell number of a team member, or they can call our, our 24-hour assistance line and get a get to speak to a peer one-on-one. Um, we do group peer sessions also, uh, group counseling sessions, so to speak, um, monthly basis, uh, every other month, something like that. Um, we'll announce where we're going to have a, a peer support meeting. And that's open to any first responder, their family members come in, we sit down and we, we talk. Uh, it's a completely relaxed, non-judgmental uh, environment for anybody to come in and talk about whatever they want that evening. Um, so we have a lot of success with our, our meetings. Uh, clinical support, we offer clinical support. So we have vetted clinicians. Um, either team members that that are already existing with us or people that we've helped out before that had their own personal 
clinicians, mental health professionals. Um, we go out and we, we recruit pretty much. And we talk to these individuals and see if they are going to be beneficial, especially to the first responder community. Um, not every mental health professional is going to be beneficial for a first responder, uh, especially with some of the things that we might be talking about in those sessions. So we go out and we do a vetting process of our, our mental health clinicians. Um, and if we have somebody that contacts us, we always ask whether or not they've talked to a mental health professional or if they have interest in doing that. And we try to make those connections for them. Um, we'll forward phone numbers and things like that. They make the, the appointments, the contacts, and hopefully they can, they can get some relief and some professional help through the mental health professionals that, that we offer. Uh, crisis intervention, we do um, debriefings, SISM training. We, do, we are a SISM-based team also. We have members that are trained in SISM. Uh, so if there is a, an event where a fire department needs us to come in and do formal debriefings or defusings, whatever the case is, we do that. Public outreach programs. Um, but a, a lot of the, the requests that we get are maybe a fire department will call us up and want us to go in and just talk basic mental health, you know, for the first responder, kind of um, mental health hygiene so to speak. You know, we have a program that, that's titled uh, First Responder Mental Health, Are You Really Taking Care of Yourself? Uh, and it talks about job stressors, everyday life stressors, everyday life stressors, potential event stressors that we might encounter on the job, and how we manage that. Um, finding balance is another program. How do we find balance between our outside life and our fire department life or first responder community life. Um, where do we balance that? Um, and I'm really proud of that program. I wish that I could say that I came up with that program, but I didn't. Um, but I really enjoyed doing that program because that's one thing that I had a really hard time with when I was still on the job uh, was balancing where the dividing line was between Eric, the firefighter, and Eric, the, the home guy, you know, the guy at home. Um, I self-identified as the fire department for so long that I, I forgot certain things about normal life. Um, so we, we offer classes like those. Um, addiction classes, recovery classes, mindfulness, self-care, you name it, we have a program for it. And if we don't, and we have a request, we will put a program together for it to meet the needs of whoever's coming to us. How does it feel for you personally that you're making an impact in these people's lives? It's a huge reward, um, especially when I left the job. Um, I went through a, a very long patch of loss of identity. Uh, because I had self-identified as the fire department for so long, and now I wasn't going to the firehouse every third day anymore. I wasn't getting on that fire truck and going down the road to, to help people with their emergencies anymore. Um, so when I started my, my nonprofit, this was one way to still keep me connected to that type of community. Um, I just don't have to go see all the bad stuff anymore, um, which to me... 
I am perfectly fine <laughs> with that. It is this part of my life. Um, and having people reach out to us, knowing that we are, we are going to be that safe place, that place that they can put confidence in and be able to talk, be able to, to ask for help. Um, it's super rewarding. It, to me, it's just as rewarding as being on the job and, you know, responding to that emergency and helping people. We've, we have the same opportunity here, just in a different capacity. We have the opportunity to save lives just like we did when I was in the fire shop. So the last thing I want to ask is, uh, where do you want to see the nonprofit in the next three to five years? Wow. Um, we, where we are now, where we started to where we are now has been absolutely a huge milestone for us. Um, to be honest with you, I didn't think a year and a half ago that I would be, that our team would be where we are right now. Um, I can travel to different states, to other, other parts of North Carolina, and people know, people know my team, uh, which I'm super proud of. Uh, I would like us to be able to expand as much as possible, uh, to cover as much ground as possible, to, to try to help as many first responders as we can. Um, and what that comes down to is being able to meet great people like yourself, to be able to get the word out there, uh, catch as many events and, you know, shaking the bushes as, as they say, you know, and we're going out there and we're doing that. We're pushing. And sometimes it's a grind. Other times it comes very easy. Um, but we kind of have certain places that we go that we look forward to going. Uh, we have the safer conference coming up in a week and a half up in Raleigh, uh, which is a statewide fire conference. It's going to be huge and we're going to be set up as vendors we're gonna have a booth all kinds of, of material out there for people and we're we're looking forward to, to meeting people shaking hands and spreading the word about what we do how can people reach out to you um they can reach out to us on social media for one um we are on facebook first responders peer support network um go to our Get our social media page there. We are in the process of getting a, an Instagram account uh, going, so we will be there. Um, the easiest way to get in touch with us, though, is either through our, our website or our 24-hour assistance telephone number, and that number is 833-377-7648. And then our website is www dot f-r-p-s-n dot org and you hit us up on the, the website there is a chat line there um if you have a question or whatever else you can hit the chat box and we automatically get notified and we can go back and forth there or in your case the way you got in touch with us was through our website i believe yes. uh mm -hmm. sent us a, a notification and an email and uh immediately got back in touch with you the 24-hour uh, crisis line, um, that rings through a phone tree. Uh, first number that it, that it rings into is my personal cell phone number. So 99.9% .9 of the time, people are going to get in touch with me first. Uh, if for some reason I don't answer the phone, it'll ring down to four other of my team members, and somebody is going to be on the other end of the line for you. 
Um, but those are the easiest ways to, to get in touch with us right there. Well, I wanted to thank you for taking the time to talk to me and get this message out. It's very important and making sure people know they're not alone. That is the big thing, letting people know that they're not alone and giving them hope. That's the biggest thing, you know, that they can hold on to, to some little piece that I'm not the only one that feels this way, or I'm not the only one having these struggles. And we, we support them and we stand behind them. We stand alongside of them and we walk through that journey with them, no matter what it is, no matter how long it takes, we're going to be here for them.